Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We are talking about the comics coming out on the 29th of November, 2022, starting with Justice Society of America, number one. This is the first of a 12-part maxi-series written by Jeff Johns, illustrated by Michael Janine. And uh, Vince, I want to start with you on this, because in Lad's chat, <laughs> Zach and I were, were relatively uh, strong in our opinions on this, and you kept quiet. So I want to hear what you say before we get into what Zach and I felt about this issue. Well, I didn't keep entirely quiet. I said, nope. uh, "Did I did I post the I think you should leave stinky gift for the art?" I believe I you, think did, you did. Yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, that that will now forever be renamed. By the way, the Ant Man and the Wasp and Quantum Media <laughs> Stinky Man. Okay, <laughs> he's yeah. in the trailer for that movie. He is in the trailer for that. Yes. Um. Uh Well, I mean, for me, the the art was a big hamper here there were times where i enjoy janin's art there are even pages or or panels within this issue where I, I i like it i think the there's an early scene with um with huntress and solomon grundy that does Born some on a pretty, monday yeah yep exactly um that does some good perspective stuff because at, at one point like Grundy is dragging um oh, I forget who it is that that they're that they're uh it's, fighting it's, with. Uh, it's not it's not Falcone, right? It's another Yes, no it is. It is it, Falcone. Yeah, it's it's Falcone, a descendant yeah. of yeah, okay. it's a descendant of of Falcone. Um uh yeah, like dragging him away and then there's like a perspective change where like all of a sudden Huntress is upside down because he's flipped by Grundy, like grabbing him by the foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a nice page. Re- really nice page, and then the page that follows with Grundy holding him up, like like on the whole, pretty good. Although, although the the longer I read his work, the less and less I like his figure work. I, I think I, Grundy comes off pretty good because it's like a a monstrous figure, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to see too much of the there's a lot of modeling going on with with his art you know a lot of like modeling off of real life figures and photography and it's it's really breaking the illusion with me lately like i can see it too much there's a scene later where like power girls yelling at everybody and i can just see that that's like something that was essentially traced and it's that uncanny valley between like somebody doing cartooning and and somebody capturing too much of the detail of like a posed figure that looks like Nicole Kidman from some movie yelling at somebody. Um, and I just don't care for that. And it reminds me the there are pages of this. It's not as bad. It's not it's not nearly as bad. I don't want to go that far. But it reminds me of Simon Kudransky's, like, uh, does the same thing with, with like, mo- like modeling real figures and photography. And I just can't, like, that's just not my favorite art. I can, I can, I feel like I can see the seams of it. And you know me, I just prefer like straight up, one hundred percent, cartooning off of nothing. You know. 
or or like using using models as a guide rather than something you're essentially doing a one-to-one tracing not i don't want to say tracing because i don't know if he traces but like very clearly following painstaking detail with whatever models are being used you know what i'm saying yeah i to me that's not what i want especially a jsa book i want a jsa book to look more classic even if this isn't yet a classic jsa cast yet it's just not not the look i want I'll tell you what, there were some panels on the second to last page drawn by other artists that were a lot more like what I want out of a JSA comic. That, you know, and that's it, what it, I'm talk about the, the, Brandon, the Brandon Peterson one specifically, right? Your favorite artist, Brandon Peterson? <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not that. Out of those panels, that's the that's my least I know. favorite I know. by a mile. I know. Um, well, you don't know. I didn't say that. I know you well uh, enough to. Uh, you to have know. said it before. Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that's we, ju- that's just me talking about the art. I can talk well, more about that other stuff later. But yeah, I don't want to hog all the. Well, I, 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 what I want to say about the art is that while this is not my choice for a JSA look either, I think you are a bit unfair to Janine's. Um technique shall we say like i i i get the impression from looking at his work that obviously he is um you know painstakingly working over every panel at times to a degree that i think does somewhat stiffen up the work however i would never like this does not look half as as you put it traced or like model based as so much other art that we see in comics. I think that this is much, and this is a much better rendering than like, if if I heard you describe how this book looked and then I saw how this book looked, I think you were being unfair to the book. Um, He's not nice to Mr. Janine. (laughs) No, not not nice at all. Very unfair to, to to Michael Batman Janine. Um, I mean, I mean, much of this is per, is personal preference. I just don't like the, I don't like the three D modeling style. I just don't. I don't know. No, I, I get it. I, I get it. I, I just think, again, I this is not my favorite style either. I just think that it's it is better constructed than you are giving it credit for. Uh, well, I I agree because there are, like I said, there are certain panels and pages I really do enjoy. Um, and the, you know, there's there's whole comics I'll I'll just toss out as far as art is concerned, because it, I mean, Simon Kudransky is the big one where right. I, I almost can't read. No offense. I'm sorry. I, I almost can't read one of his comics anymore because it's so it, it to me, for my preferences, it comes off as so slapdash or constructed out of, techniques that i don't care for but i mean you're right yeah there 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 are pages of this that look quite nice mm-hmm. i'm starting to just tire of it but no, i i understand that uh zach what do you think of the art before we get to the story since we're on the art let's let's just finish this conversation up um i feel like i have too been kind of down on Janine's output since um i guess like the the king batman era i think um I think it works better here though. I don't I don't really 
know. Honestly, I think it is partially the the coloring and the cast of characters that he's drawing. I think, I mean, I think, I think Helena looks pretty good, but I think to like Vince's point about like Solomon Grundy looks really good. Um, like gentleman ghost mist uh, Ruby, like all of these kind of like more fantastical or less realistic characters look really good under Janine, I think. Um, and I, I do think like there are there's some really good framing uh, in, in some of the panels. Um, I really like the the Grundy panel that Vince mentioned. I like the the panel of um, Helena kind of standing on top of that tower and it's like looking mm-hmm. down on her and looking at the city underneath. Um, the sequence with Dagaton and uh, towards the end where it's like uh, she fires an arrow at him and it kind of goes through the panels um, while he is like stopping time to walk past it. Um, Yeah, I think there are some good sequences. I I like the art and I like the art. I like the work of the guest artists in this as well. Um, You know, you've got some, I think Jerry Ordway doing kind of like a flashback sequence um, and then you have some of the artists who I think who had worked on the Golden Age special mm-hmm. uh, doing some some work here in the backup. It looks like or not the backup, but kind of like the back matter. Yeah, it looks like uh, maybe Collins. You mentioned Peterson. Yeah, it, it's um. let's see. It is Scott Collins, Steve Lieber and Brandon Peterson. OK, I guess that's maybe an or- Ordway as well. Yeah, or, 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 yeah, you mentioned Ordway before. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I guess maybe is that is Ordway the first one, and then is, is yes. My thought is that it goes in that in the order I yeah. just mentioned that Ordway is the first one, Collins is the second one, Lieber is the third one, and Peterson is <clears throat> the fourth one. That yeah, that 1976 panel doesn't look very Liebery to me, but you're right. Yeah, everything else it looks is, good it, though. It, it is though. It is though because even Lieber's work in the uh, previous special looked like this. Looked like I, that, yeah. And at the time, I thought, oh, he's changing it up a little bit for this project for whatever reason. But yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, so let's get let's get to the story here for a bit. So, I, I you know, I, I think anyone who's listened to this show for any amount of time knows how much of so the sort of the JSA boy that I am. Um. I was telling Vincent Zach, I, I recently bought two copies of the New Golden Age, uh, one shot for different binds I'm working on. So I, mean, I am I am a a big big JSA guy, and so on one hand I was not looking forward to this because this does this did not feel to me like what I and again this is this is me being just like a cranky fan, but looking at uh, Helena Wayne centered book. This wasn't feeling to me like the JSA book that I wanted that I, that I wanted to be getting, right? After a decade plus of no JSA titles, I wanted something a little bit more classically Justice Society. And this issue, I'm not going to say it changed my mind because I still want a Justice Society book that I don't think Jeff Johns has any interest in writing, but 
I will say that I think that this is telling a compelling story that has really interesting elements to it, specifically how much of it takes place in the future, and that this Helena Wayne is not the Earth 2 Helena Wayne, that this is the child of the Batman and Catwoman that we spend time with in DC Comics every month, that it's a future story with that. I think that is a really, really interesting way to go about this, and I think is a bolder path forward than I thought this book would be taking. I have more thoughts, but I want to hear what you boys think about the sort of general concept of the, of the title. Um, um, Zach, you go ahead. You go first, Vince. Ah, jeez. Okay. I don't know, you guys. <laughs> I didn't love this. Um, here's what I'll say. I am interested in where the very next issue of this goes. I, because it looks like, it looks like the issue one is very much something different from what the actual story is going to be because they show you this, they show you this future JSA team and it's made up of kind of descendants of villains and um, oddballs like gentlemen, ghosts, blah, blah, blah. And by the end of the issue, they're kind of laid to waste uh, by per Degaton. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, but so that makes it seem it, it seems like it's one of those setups where you get this totally bonkers team that is not really going to stick around. It's only for this issue. Right. Boom. Boom. They're wasted, you know, and then it and then the real story starts in the next issue. Um, I'm interested where that goes. I would not be interested in that configuration of the JSA too much. If they spend too much time with that anymore. Um, I, I'm just not down with it. And the reason is, I think one of my problems with Jeff Johns, even at his best, even like back in the day when I read most of what he was writing and I, and I vibed with most of it, the one thing that always nagged on me is that he would come so close to writing um, like a hopeful story or like he would tease that like hope is on the horizon and it would always pull back or there would always be some dark angle or some hyper violence or something that always cut through that. And I just felt like like when I was reading the pages where the where the future JSA made of these like this like ragtag bunch. It just felt like, oh, all these characters are are grim assholes. They're all there. There's even there's even um, I don't have exact quotes or anything, but there's there's stuff in the text that says like, you know, who wants a justice society full of uh, villains and misfits or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to to me, that is that's that's the thing that like like Johns can do it well because. John's did a really good job with the rogues back back in the Flash stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like he hits he hits that note so often, and teases the hopefulness, and then never gets there. And so when I, you know, this this first issue was really grim and dark, intentionally so, and maybe that'll change. I'm hoping that'll change a little bit, but. I couldn't help but feel that like the Johns just can't get away from wallowing in that too much. 
And that team, even though it was made up of unexpected characters, the tone was entirely expect too expected. Okay. From, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I will again, I will again agree with you in principle because I don't, I, I seriously do not want a book of, of, of these characters. Right. But I think that what this, this issue, first of all, this issue feels almost more like a zero issue than a number one issue. And I know that that's, yeah. a, that, that is something that we have debated in the past, sort of what, you know, the, the, um, if there is a real distinction in what a zero issue and a, zero, and a number one issue should be, but this is this is really spending time, like this should have been part of the new golden age number one. I feel right, like. right, and the, right. It, the first issue should have started with with Huntress in the forties meeting the JSA, right? Um, and I think you might have a different opinion about this book if that was the way it went. Yeah, uh, yeah, possibly. I'm 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 only judging the the issue in front of me, you know. Right, right. Um, um but I will say this. I will say that the stuff with those villains is like the, the the team is is really 90s JSA heavy in a lot of ways and specifically really James Robinson heavy and so for me it was just like you know it was it was Brian Bate to the nth degree <laughs> I mean the the best Solomon Grundy has ever been is in Starman and this is not exactly ripping off what Robinson did with Grundy, but it's it's getting pretty close. The fact that uh Jack Knight's son is on this team. Yeah. Kyle Knight knew- the Mist, like that is, you know, we have not seen that character since the last page of Starman number 80. Um, you know, it's been o- almost 30, uh, almost 20 years rather, since we've seen that character, maybe even more than 20 years now, since we've seen that character. And, you know, um even like Cameron McKent, the icicle, th- that's a character that Johns is currently writing on Stargirl, but is also a classic JSA character, right? Classic JSA, classic JSA villain. And so I feel like even though I do not want to book about these these villainous like offspring, I do think that even in that, even when creating this like dystopian future from which to fall back from. He's still doing it with with his like talons deep into JSA lore. And so I like that. I, I I do feel like this is, you know, I do not want to book this grim. I think you're right about John's with his optimism, how his optimism is always the red herring for what the story really is, or the hope, mm-hmm. however you're putting it, you know, uh, that is oftentimes the red herring. But I think that as for what this is supposed to be, which is a basically a huntress versus per decaton time time travel caper i think this is a really effective first issue i also think like i said before making this huntress the modern day huntress adds just a totally different feeling to this book that i, I like was not that, expecting yeah. at all um so it's just it, again this is not the book i wanted but i think it's done well enough that i'm not i'm i i am willing to and again, we have talked about how we all have some trepidation with Johns because of things, both on and off the page. And I think this gave me enough of a enough of a tease of what could be from this to follow him, you know, through this journey. That said, the fact that this is only a twelve issue miniseries or maxi series, rather, I feel like 
whatever is done here is going to be a totally isolated story. And then we're not going to get a JSA until somebody else decides they want to take a stab at it again. So I'm a little upset that this isn't, although the JSA is returning to DC continuity in, in dark crisis and whatnot, I feel like this is not going to be the, like the herald of the new era of the JSA that I hoped it would be. Um, Zach, what did you think of this? Um, I think I mostly agree with what you said. Um, I, I don't think, I think this still works pretty well as a first issue. I don't, I don't necessarily think I would have shunted this off to like a zero issue. Um, I think, I think I like how it builds and plays out in this issue. I, I do really like this, a lot of this cast and I kind of hope we see, more of them later like particularly and some of them i think we will like i think ruby sokov yeah yeah sokov will will potentially play a role because we've seen like red lantern looking for his daughter um right it'd be very cool to see kyle knight come back again um you're telling me uh Har- Har- the harlequin son i feel like if someone else has been teased that it, it would be cool to maybe see some more of and so i i would like maybe like to see some of these characters on like a future incarnation of the jsa um and i, I like the tease but yeah it is ultimately i think like way too grim i i don't like all of the infighting in the team a lot of the dialogue in that section i think is like kind of cringy um but I am like very much in for the mystery and for where the story is going. Um, I really like how the issue ends and, and, you know, finding out that this is a 12 issue uh, maxi series is, it kind of paints a, a different view on it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I, I am both kind of glad that we are going to get a, hopefully a complete story that kind of stands on its own. And, and I'm, but I'm also interested to see what kind of things it, it, branches out into later whether that's more you know more things that john's is going to do or you know if they have a writer artist team waiting in the wings to take over whatever the jsa is after this you know either of those things i kind of you know have a a little bit of interest in that so i i overall am pretty positive about this first issue i think any rebuttal vince um no i mean i think uh yeah some of this some of the stuff about it is cool i just it's more of a tone thing to me you know Mm -hmm. i was i was hoping that a jsa number one would come out with a different tone i know asking for like hopeful stories all the time is is kind of folly when you're talking about superhero comics and especially the beginnings of arcs, you know, obviously like hope is something you build to. So I don't want to make it sound like I just want a book. That's all sunshine, rainbows, optimism, all that. I just think, you know, yeah, the, the tone, this tone was just overly in the other direction. And, and like Zach mentioned, some of the dialogue, uh, power girl comes off as pretty annoying here. And then, and then the way that they, the way that they talk to power girl as well, is bizarre uh whatever i forget which character it is says i something think it's about, um it's I've, the icicle i think yeah who's like I, I, i've got another different b word i could use for you yeah, you know yeah. just like oh no Great. yeah come on you know i guess uh i should be thankful because 
15, 20 years ago, he would have just called her a bitch. You know, there was that right. was a big thing in comics back then. Oh, yeah. Um, use, using that word just free. Like it it felt like someone in the editorial was like, yeah, you, you can use that word. That's PG-13. And then like writers just went nuts with it. <laughs> yeah. You know? um not that i'm a you know i'm not a prude but it is just it's weird how uh prevalent that word was in that particular time yeah um you know what's the worst visual part of this issue there's a uh, there's a shot uh it's on page 10 of our pdf where you see like the classic jsa at the table that has the name inscribed in it and then you see this one at a new table where they inscribe the ugliest logo of all time, which is the new JSA logo on there. And like, you know, they had to hire an engraver to come to this stone table uh, for this shitty team. And it's just, yeah. Like, and they didn't even, the engraver didn't even center it properly. I know. It's just, it's, it's clearly like a bad, just copy paste job. And it's, it's, it's very bad. Nobody um, wants to work anymore. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh censoring myself about conversations Vince and I have had off air about people <laughs> being hired to do jobs. Um uh, but yeah, uh Power Girl is Power Girl is sort of the worst part of this. And I think it's interesting that, again, like when you're thinking about modern DC history, Power Girl and Huntress are often paired together because of the Earth 2 thing. So it's interesting to see these characters paired together in the future without that just, just an interesting approach to this book and i think i think there's there's a lot of good here and there's a lot of not so good here and it's going to be very interesting to see sort of what wins out in the end though i i, I am excited to travel to 1940 and to see these characters you know johnny thunder and the thunderbolt are not the best jsa characters but having them show up here in the you know in the first issue at the end is is pretty cool so yeah i'm i am cautiously optimistic for this title at least in the short term i don't know how i feel about it it's gonna it's gonna take another couple of issues of sort of seeing what the book actually is for me to have a, a stronger feeling about it um but yeah any other thoughts on this before we wrap up uh brian between this and star girl which are are do you think you are liking more or are more optimistic about oh that's a good question um i really think it's going to depend on how much of this is just like if this book is just a journey through time if it's a helena wayne journey through time book i think star girl is going to be the one that's going to stick with me a little more because that's just scratching the nostalgia itch in a different way for me. But if this is going to lead into future stories, I think this is actually a very cool way to begin that process. So it really will depend on the execution, you know, going forward. But I, I think for right now, it's, it's Stargirl for me. Uh, do you have similar thoughts, Zach? Um, yeah, I really, I really don't know at this point. I feel like I'm more inclined to to be excited about this book because it's kind of more of like the the big thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah um but i think that is kind of underselling star girl and i do like the art in star girl better yeah it's been nice seeing in our discord community how much people are just you know giving it up for todd knock yeah um 
again, patreon.com slash DC3Cast. Come join our uh, Patreon uh, for bonus episodes and uh, a Discord server. Uh, anyway, though, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another sort of throwback to the 90s comics in just a moment. So stay tuned. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We're the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. All right, now we're going to talk about the Wildstorm 30th anniversary special. There's a lot in this that we're not going to talk about, um, but there's a lot in it that I think we should talk about. There, there are a number of stories that all are sort of uh, stories set in the old Wildstorm continuity. And I think only one of those might get a brief mention here. Zach, do you want to talk about the Warren Ellis, Brian Hitch? There's not much to talk about. It's actually um, so. So it's there, these stories kind of fall into two buckets. One is like Wildstorm nostalgia. And then the other is like Wildstorm in current continuity. And this is this is very much like the nostalgia uh, version, and it's kind of the most like by the numbers, uh, kind of like retread of the authority. It's like this weird story where like it's set before um, Jenny Sparks dies, but it's her like writing a letter to the next Jenny. And it's kind of just like the authority team, like fighting off a generic alien threat and kind of like quipping with each other. So it's like it's revisiting the Ellis Hitch authority in the most superficial way, really. Um, so it's it's fine if you like want to like have good vibes about that. Um, it, it's cool for that. I almost kind of wish if you're going to get Ellis back to do something with Wildstorm. Um uh, it would have been maybe cool to revisit the the like the the wild swarm from you know like a few years ago uh, mm -hmm. rather than or or heaven forbid like do something with planetary um but it's it's whatever you know the whole like the whole ellis why ellis, ellis of course is you know has been tainted somewhat and, and uh looking back on those things is not quite as fond as it would have it would you know previously was for for you know the obvious reasons and so it's it's just what it is um yeah i don't know yeah i mean i i i do think it's 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 interesting that dc brought ellis back for this after very publicly distancing themselves from him and then to have him go back to something that's you know 30 years old and uh and not the thing that he just created for them recently is right. is, it, is an interesting decision. But yeah. I also get it. I feel like this is way more beloved. Than... Oh, yeah, obviously. Like, this is the most visible and, like, I think mainstream thing, uh, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, um, 
I will say some of the, as far like, I have not read a ton of non Ellis old Wildstorm, but I'm like familiar enough to like get some vibes from some of these. And, and I did enjoy the, uh, the Abnett Mr. Majestic story. Yes. Yeah. That was a good story. Um, and I even like kind of vibed with the Brett Booth backlash <laughs> story. <laughs> um, not because it was good. I just like, like, I just liked the vibes of it. Um, so yeah. So it's after that um, that dead abnet Neil Gooch story that we sort of move into the modern day uh, Wildstorm of the DC Universe story. We get a Grifter story, which is it's by Matthew Rosenberg, and um, I believe doesn't Stefano Landini do some of the art? I don't know if it's in Wildcats, but it's like, I, think I know it's I th- in the Grifter one, yeah. But, but I'm saying no, I'm, I know he does it oh. here, but I'm saying haven't oh. we seen him do work oh. like in that in that space recently? I don't know. I, th- I Segovia, thought Segovia, yeah. no Segovia knowing, did yeah. the the first issue, right? Right, yeah. I maybe, uh, maybe, maybe like, like in a in a Urban Legends or something like that. Maybe I yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. Regardless, I I, I feel like this is just the most boilerplate. <laughs> grifter story you could ever tell and they've done almost rosenberg has done almost nothing with grifter that is interesting since he started writing the character and this just continues to to tell these just like these not very interesting grifter stories yeah it it tries to like add some spice by tying Antalia to it but kind of insinuating that that she is going to play a role in wildcats later but who who could care yeah and, and to be fair like grifter has been essentially co-opted into the batman corner of the universe mm-hmm. so this isn't even the first time that grifter and talia have have touched in in that time uh sure you know i i believe wasn't grifter part of the um the whole like assassination of rachel ghoul stuff i don't think so I could be wrong, but I I don't think we really saw much of Grifter in the Bat books after Tanyan left. Maybe it just feels like they did, but uh, regardless, this is a boring story. Anything to add to this story, Vince? Um, the Grifter one, yeah. Oh, just that the his voice for uh, Grifter just is so grating. Yeah. I can't stand it. Well said. Next up, we have uh, the origin of City Boy, which again sounds like an insult that somebody would say to uh, a, a a vaguely well dressed man in the eighties, like "Oh, City Boy over here." Um, <laughs> and uh, this is written by Greg Pak, illustrated by Minkyu Young, and uh, this is a sort of a Jack Hawksmore meets City Boy story, which I, I think I think that Pak does a really nice job of setting up sort of both characters and how they maybe interact a little bit. But this isn't the most interesting book either. Story rather, not book. This isn't yeah. the most interesting story either. Yeah, I like the art and I think like as a as like a teaser, it works. I'm I'm interested to learn more about City Boy. Um but also like Jack Hawksmore has never been 
adequately utilized or integrated into the dcu and now to like have him i guess you could read this as like oh he's getting a legacy character but it also kind of reads like oh he's getting replaced by this new guy you know Mm -hmm. uh yeah that that that's a good point um vince what you think of this i this was maybe my favorite this was maybe my favorite story in the whole damn thing. Not because it was so great, but because it was so not really Wildstorm. You know, it, it, it used Jack Hawksmore, as you said, as like a uh, sort of kindred power set uh, example for this kid. But I mean, I maybe there will be some big Wildstorm connection down the road, but it almost feels like this kid is going to be peeling completely off of Wildstorm and just being a DCU character with similar powers and not having to feel like you need the Wildstorm connection, you know? Yeah. Fr- frankly, weird that it's in this, actually, you know? I mean, I, I think it's basically just in this because we're going to see this character in Lazarus Planet. Right. And they needed to give us some sort of introduction to him. And so beca- because of Jack Hawksmore and that connection, that's why he's found here. Well, yeah, but yeah, it's. <laughs> Is it just like if we if we if we just brought this kid in the DCU, it would be such an obvious ripoff that we need to do. Yes, I think that's exactly what it is. Like, I do. Okay. I think so, too. Yeah, I absolutely think so. OK, Um no, I Vince, I don't just dis- I think it is my favorite story. Um the actually the, only, the other yeah. I think the only one that gives it a run for its money for me and it, it, one of the uh flashback ones that I didn't mention or or the like old stories was the uh the Spartan one uh drawn by Dustin Wynn. I actually I really liked that story quite a bit. Mm. Um the art was really good in that. Yeah. Yeah. I even liked some of what it said about like the, you know, the nostalgia and the rebooting to keep things interesting and, and kind of a it wasn't yeah. like a smart meta commentary but it was at least kind of it it was fitting i think for this this property especially right um, yeah i i agree did you notice that there were multiple stories that said that had some line in it that was like this th- these aren't comic book superheroes yeah <laughs> yeah this like, is yep. the real world God, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that sort of stuff always sucks shit. Always. Yeah, yeah. but so um, much of that's what like Wildstorm was going for yeah. to so much of the time was like it just it feels different now though. Like, yeah. It, you know, there was a time and, and a place for that. And to and to do it. And it was right times, after 9-11. It was right after 9-11. Yeah, it was <laughs> truly a different world truly a different world um where where were you (laughs) when uh ladder to heaven yeah (laughs) south park so uh thanks for giving credit where credit's due there i appreciate you (laughs) making sure people know that's a south park joke well you know matt and trey they need all the help they can get they they certainly do they are not overexposed in the media whatsoever yeah and they're not filthy rich no and, and and they're Politics are never bordering on problematic. <laughs> well, you know, they make fun of both sides, Brian. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
getting off that uh next up is a story called building a better bomb by ed brisson and mike henderson and this is uh, uncle rich had talked about a new Stormwatch team which sounded like the worst team i could ever imagine for oh, this it is. Book. and uh when we see it in in like in print uh i can confirm this is very bad as well this is such a bummer to me this feels like the JSA book we just talked about, except it's not a flash to something. This isn't setting up a like a triumphant story in the it, after this. It's just setting up a bleak. It's a bleak chapter setting up a bleak story. Yeah, yeah. To the the only thing to its credit is that it does kill Eminence of Blades immediately. Is that straight up just New 52 Erasure, you think? Yeah, I think so, actually. Mm -hmm. See, I feel like it's always fun when you get a character that is known for one era and they actually do something interesting with them in that in the new era. So I, I, I thought maybe the Eminence of Blades could be something better than he was in Stormwatch, the New 52 book, but... Yeah, nope. it, it. I mean, it is like a little laughable to like say, "Oh, haha, Eminence of Blades, what a fucking dumb character," and then put Peacemaker or whatever <laughs> Peacekeeper yeah. one, Peacekeeper yeah. one on the team. You know, like, come on. Yep, my thoughts exactly. Um, you know what? You know what I loved about this story? What's that? That they're basically just des- describing the Suicide Squad. Yep, and they're acting like this is a brand new concept for a team. You know what I mean? Like the first half of this story is like, now wait a minute, you're telling me we're putting together a team of villains, and they're gonna kill <laughs> for they'll the cross, for, for the, the cross American the line, government. yeah, cross the line the Justice League will never cross. Yeah, we have a team like that already. And they my suck eye- also, but it's different. <laughs> my eyes rolled fucking out of my head reading this thing. And then I I half expect like Harley Quinn is going to show up in the third issue and be like, I'm on the team now. <laughs> you know, like, yep. what are we doing? This to me, uh, apologies to Matthew Rosenberg, but like everything Rosenberg's been doing feels like, okay, Warren Ellis sucks. All right. Let's get that out of the way. But that Wildstorm relaunch uh, imprint that he did, you know, a few years ago, mm-hmm. it was so fresh and new. You know, it, it finally felt like taking these characters and presenting them in a way that wasn't just trying to recapture old glory. And now I feel like. Rosenberg and everybody that has touched the character since pretty much with the exception of the Superman and the authority stint by Morrison has just tried to go back in time and recapture something that you're not ever going to get again. You're never going to do that era of Wildstorm again. <laughs> we are, it's a time and place it's post nine 11. It's exactly what we just said. Like mm-hmm. our, our tongues were in cheek, but also not really like, that was just a different time and you're not going to do it again. You can't, you've got to do something different. And, and again, throwing a couple DC characters in with the Wildstorm characters and saying, 
uh, here's something you haven't seen before. It's a, it's a not suicide squad. Like, yeah, we have seen this before so many times. It does feel, and, and then to talk, yeah, Zach's point about Peacekeeper one and tossing aside eminence of blades. Cause he's like a lame new 50. This is the new 52. This is what they try to do with the new 52. It's exactly the same. It's not any different and it's not going to work any better. Well, I, I will slightly disagree with that. In the New 52, they attempted to make a distinction between the goals of the Justice League, Stormwatch, and Suicide Squad. Here, there is no distinction between the Suicide Squad and Stormwatch. <laughs> oh, so it's even worse. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah, I, I would argue right. it's worse. Yeah. Like, Stormwatch was not handled very well in the New 52, but this idea of, like, this ancient organization that's been overseeing all of this stuff and is still like to me that is that is at least a i mean it's basically the the idea of the eternals in in the marvel universe but you know done way lamer also but Mm -hmm. it's just it feels it feels different than this this just feels incredibly reductive and we like we've seen it before a million times yeah yeah and i I kept mentioning rosenberg but this was a brisson joint but you know as far as the the uh wildstorm stuff goes like those two if they're piloting it i it's interchangeable to me i i don't think there's a distinct voice there um and i just ugh, not for me it, it is very funny i i don't disagree with you vince and 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 so me saying this already is maybe like uh just like failure waiting to happen but you saying that you can't go back and do this again my i think optimal uh, configuration or incarnation of wildstorm at this point uh, would be just to pick up where wildstorm left off before flashpoint and like run with it <laughs> sure like let yeah. it let it be its own thing again and keep just it like separate. just keep it separate and i feel like this one shot makes such a case for that because to me the for the most part, the nostalgia plays in this work so much better than the the like integration of the DCU stuff. Obviously, like there's some mega cringe in here, like that Brandon Choi, Jim Lee, uh, Michael Cray story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think that at this point we're over a decade out from the last true like Wildstorm story. It'd be it'd be wild to pick that up maybe like in real time, you know, like jump ahead 10 years and just go for it. Yeah. So let me pose a question to you boys here. Do you think if if tomorrow there comes out a report that Jim Lee is being let go of his duties at DC? Will all the Wildstorm stuff like, you know, obviously there's stuff in motion now that stuff will come out. But like if Jim Lee is gone today in five years, is there any Wildstorm stuff in DC or is that just happening because Jim Lee is there pushing it? Um, I think it will keep. Ha- I think I think that there will still be Wildstorm characters showing up in DC properties because I think that they believe that. I don't think it is that far off until we see like Grifter in a DC movie. You know what I mean? like i think that they view some of these characters as like profitable ip Mm -hmm. see and and i feel like that's just such that is truly them showing their their whole ass like there is no way that these characters would work in a dc film to me 
Oh no, no. But I think, I think like, I would be surprised if it didn't happen. Maybe not in a film, but maybe in like a TV show or something in the next ten years. I, I would be genuinely surprised. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Um, I will say that that even if I like, they keep Jim Lee around. Like Jim Lee is going to be there uh, after everyone else is fired. I think. <laughs> He is the cockroach um, of the DC universe. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Ooh, well, it just meant that he will survive. He will survive whatever happens. I mean, like just yeah, that, that's yeah, what I, I meant. Just like you know, well, can we say Twinkie or something? Sure. Um. Uh. No, what was I saying? Oh, I think even if he steps aside or is asked to step aside from a chief creative officer role. I think I feel like unless unless the people running Warner's really throw the baby out with the bathwater, I think they would keep him in the fold from like a um if not like a a, a chief creative officer talent side of things, just like a, a a board of directors uh kind of like legacy like uh uh, hey, you, your Wildstorm stuff is under our banner. You're gonna get a this big kickback from sales. Just keep keep it in keep it in house. You know, I feel like they'd make a deal because I do agree with Zach. I think they I think they want to put. They wouldn't be constantly bringing this stuff back out and trying to integrate it if they didn't have grander plans for it. I think it's just that DC's. Uh, movie and tv plans are so uh scattershot such a tire fire right now i don't i just yeah what if impression. their answer to like rebooting the dcu is that they actually just make like the wildstorm cinematic universe oh, i don't crazy. know that it'll go that far <laughs> but i could but, but i could totally see james gunn doing a uh authority or like a or like a midnight Midnighter and Apollo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I could definitely see that. I think Midnight and Apollo are the ones that, that make the most sense. Yeah, I do too. Um, but I just okay. got the impression that like nobody at DC besides Jim Lee really really wants to do this stuff. On, on a on a long term, like big I think like, for instance, like seeing how Morrison and Philip Kennedy Johnson incorporated Apollo Midnighter. I think that stuff worked pretty well, but that's the first time that that integration has worked in them trying for like ten years. Yeah. So I just I don't know. The, I, I, the I, Orlando stuff was good, but yeah, yeah, it was. Yes. That that's that's true. Okay, but I but I still don't think that I don't think that integrated them in as well. I think this. I think I think that the yeah the War Worlds have made more of a case for those characters being a part of the DC universe. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just. I, I think it's very, very interesting. Um. So I. I don't know if we have to talk about any more of this. There is a uh, another. Um. Grifter sort of story is is that the the second Rosenberg story is that also a Grifter one? No, it's a Michael Cray story. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's a Michael Cray story. Yes. Uh, which which is funny because it's, it's sort of stylized and colored exactly the same way as the first Michael Cray story. <laughs> so you'd be you'd be you wouldn't be you wouldn't be too off the off the path if you thought this was just part two of the first story we got, but it's not. Sure. It's, it's a different thing. 
Um, and uh, any notes on this one? Um, I was kind of stuck wondering, like, as I was reading this, if this is like referencing old Michael Cray stories, like if this was something that happened previously or if this was like completely new. And I'm I didn't like go check a wiki or anything, but I'm leading on it being new stuff that is going to maybe come into play later. Mm -hmm. I have no clue. It's impossible to know, truly. It's, we there's say, no way we to say know. it all the time, and it's it's always true. Yeah, there's no way to know without going back and reading a decade of Wildstorm. <laughs> and and that's our new Patreon, folks. Oh, that's yeah, the next project. Nope. I would consider it. I I think I would tap out at that point. Well, Zach, there you go. That's your way to get Brian to quit this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I sneak that in as one of the interludes. Yeah. yeah. I would do it as an interlude. That'd be fine. No. Uh, um, so then we get a story by Megan Fitzmartin and Will Conrad that is an Apollo Midnighter story. And uh, Zach, talk about this one. What is there to say? It, it makes like references to the world world stuff. And then they they zip off to, I guess, play a role in Dark Crisis number seven. I think this is very bad. It's so funny. It's so the 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 final panel saying continued in Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven is like a like a cosmic joke or something. They're gonna be in one panel. Yeah, of, it's such a great in the Dark line. Army. Yeah, yeah. You don't like it because it's one of your least favorite writers. Well, because she's not a good writer. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> I this isn't well written. I'm sorry, it's not good. This okay. is. This, to me, this is just, this is like the word. This is, ugh. I love these guys too. I I love Apollo Midnighter and and them being in, uh, the World World stuff was what redeemed some of the World World stuff for me, but this is just not very good. Um, I just think Fitzmartin is 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 one of the most inelegant writers working at DC. Everything is beats you over the head with a sledgehammer. There is no subtlety whatsoever to her writing. Yeah, I mean it's I it's not good, but I to me that's almost nothing in this comic was good. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. This isn't the worst part of this comic by any means. I would say that this is like the most like frivolous, maybe, of all the stories, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I don't know. It's 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 more like it's not like I guess it's like maybe not great to shrug at representation in, in in this way but it's also just been done better so many other times um so yeah i don't know well and i'm not even talking about about representation it just felt like well we need to have a midnight or an apollo story because we haven't had one yet mm -hmm. they they appeared in like a, a few panels in some of the other stories but like yeah you know, they've had their own series at DC. Midnighters had multiple series. Midnighter and Apollo had their own series not that long ago. It just felt like an obligation to these characters to feature them because they are more prominent aside from the rest of the Wildstorm cast. And it just felt like an obligation on that level. Not, yeah. even, bringing the, the, not even bringing the, the representation, which is good. 
uh into account you know it's yeah just... well, and i think there are even like so many better ways that you could have like if you wanted to tell a story about like apollo dealing with you know the trauma uh, of world world right exactly like so many better ways that that could have been handled rather than just like having him murder some people yeah that's what I mean. It's just like that. This is, and again, I know Vince is going to yell at me for this, but I feel like a lot of Fitz, uh, Fitzmartin's work is just, it's taking the 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 sledgehammer to the concept and just like how do we how do we show Apollo as somebody who's dealing with this? Oh, we just have murder a bunch of folks for no real reason. Like I'm just I'm I'm really tired of that of that approach from from Fitzmartin as a writer. I think that's fair. I, I yeah. I like some of her other work more, but I, I definitely agree with that here. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's not subtle at all. And then we get our, our, our final story of the bunch, which is a Joshua Williamson, John Boy Myers story called Zealots that deals with, you guessed it, <laughs> Zealot. Um, oh, God, the three Zealots. The three Zealots, yes. Uh and you know th- this has some very nice John Boy Myers art. I mean, I could definitely see folks saying like this is not for them because it is it is a really really specific stylized form of of comic booking. But I, I think it. John Boy Myers is a lot of fun. Uh, what was that, Vince? I said I love it. I I love John Boy Myers art. Um, like of this sort of style, one of my favorite artists um doing it like that you know mm-hmm. what was the book that that it was teen titans. it was teen titans yeah 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 i want i wanted i was so excited for that run and then uh he dropped off right away yep. this story also has angel breaker in it which um man dc is really trying to make angel breaker a thing and it, it's it's not yet um but I yeah, do like I'm guessing like, uh, this is going to wasn't it just recently announced that Williamson is taking over a Green Arrow book? Yes. Yes. And I have to assume that this stuff is maybe going to be in that because uh, Black Canary is a woman in the DCU. Yes. And this <laughs> this talks about there being like mentors for Angel Breaker. Um, and we, we, so we, we saw and we didn't we already see them together in Deathstroke Inc.? Yes. Yeah. Um this is this is so bizarre because Angel bizarre. Break uh, OMC, <laughs> correct. Yes. Um because basically there is nothing wildstorm about this story except that Zealots in it, but like this is And that's is, like a weird like it's not like a retcon technically, but it's like a weird reveal that they have that they have history together. Yes, exactly. This is just like kind of like the uh, city boy thing where like they need to do a little bit of background before bringing that character in to uh, to to the mainline DC here. They feel like, all right, we, we, we need to we need to remind folks who Angel Breaker is. So let's put her in this book. No one's going to read. Uh, it's very it's very weird. The yeah. whole thing is very weird. Yeah. Um, uh, um maybe one of you is going to say something that's going to instantly contradict this and and remind me and I'll I'll have egg on my face but I feel like of late DC is like 
not doing great in the cat in the in the like area of introducing new characters. Um, like obviously, you know, you have like John Kent, but he's actually like I would argue not that new. He's been around for a few years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of like the Angel Breakers and the Red Canaries and the um clown hunters and the ghost makers of the world and it's just like dc's just, really on a tear of like new characters that don't do anything for me they're just generating ip and it makes me wonder i think we we speculated on this a bit with with uh james tynion's batman stuff where he was introducing all these all these aforementioned characters and we'll never know because we don't really we're not really privy to the business side of things unless a creator tells us or tells the media. But it feels like this is happening a lot lately because if a creator throws a new character out there and they get used, there's maybe a chance down the line that they might get um, a piece of that. You know, I think like we've heard rumblings that. We've heard rumblings, and again, there's no way of knowing if this is true or not without someone actually telling us, but that creatives are starting to get a little bit more of that stuff in their contracts as far as it goes uh, in like media adaptations and stuff mm -hmm. like that, generating... Um, <laughs> I keep wanting to say, I keep wanting to say reparations, but it is not that. <laughs> no, it is not. No, no. What is the word I'm looking uh, for? Uh, oh boy. Um, no, um, I, I obviously I know that's wrong. What? Uh, 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 you know, you know what I'm saying. I though. know what you're saying. Residuals, like, residuals, residuals. Yes. yes. God damn it! I'm pro reparations, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, but um, I just think like. Maybe there's an element of that to it, but you're right. They're getting tossed out there and they're not doing a great job of getting introduced. And part of it, I think, is that there's so much going on lately. Uh, we went from death metal right into Infinite Frontier, into Dark Crisis, telling this, and it may never change because we're always telling this like maxi narrative for the DCU. And these characters come in and they kind of get swept up by that so that, you know, these creators want to use them and put them in these things, but they don't get time to breathe on their own. And, um, you know, Red Canary, for example, we don't know anything about that character other than she showed up and got thrown into this bespoke team that Damien is, is fighting through the Dark Crisis with. Nothing about her, nothing about her character, who she is. I guess that stuff comes later, but it's not, you know. It, you're 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 right, Brian. I guess what I'm saying is your instincts about these characters getting introduced are correct. That was Remember, exactly said that, but I'll, I'll take credit oh, for it. Well, both of you are right for having uh, right uh, mindsets and and beautiful voices. Um, <laughs> But before I forget, the, the one other thing I want to say along those lines is is Jace Fox, right? Think about how potentially interested we were in that character and then how so much of our problem with the way that Jace was introduced and handled was, was coming down to the fact that uh, they would, like, tell stories about Jace, like, out of order 
Mm-hmm. And they were constantly being cagey about uh, th- this new Batman's identity. And like, and then like uh, whether Jace or, or who's the other one, um, Tim uh, or is Tim is Tim Fox Jace? Luke, Tim is Jace. Luke, Luke is Fox. Luke, yeah, Luke Fox. Th- they're like adversarial relationship that never really played out in a way that was like meaningful. And like it just again it just was not handled well from story to story some of it was done in an anthology book some of it was done in a miniseries some of it was all digital you know like Mm -hmm. it just not a consistent launch for these new characters in a in a way that is easy to follow or grabs you or tells you why you should care about them you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i think the instincts are right there yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. That is that's very well said, Zach. I would say that um I would say there's almost no character that's been introduced. Gosh, do I want to say like even in the rebirth era that has been rolled out as smoothly as they could have been. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what there's probably somebody in Tynion's uh, Detective Comics or Batman that was handled pretty well because Tynion actually I, I know we, we have had some issues with Tynion's writing in the past but I think the way that Tynion rolls out new characters is usually pretty good yeah I mean Punchline is maybe the best oh boy well I mean honestly like you're not wrong I'm just I'm, I'm just that's more me lamenting the state of the DC universe <laughs> than anything else yeah yes but really, like th- that's the one that has like the clearest origin to me, and and had the most like consistent through line. Um, was the was the most fleshed out? I think I, it's not. I don't think it's a great character, but I feel like they put in the work was put de- in. De- yeah, and I and I'm not just saying the creators. I'm not saying like. I'm not even saying the people who were working on Jace Fox were not putting in the work. I'm saying DC bungled that launch big time. Yep. Um, Theo Bungler strikes again. Theo Bungler. <laughs> I was just going to say, you beat me to it. I'll try to find a way to, to, to put the Dio, like the Dio Bungler. Dio uh, <laughs> Bungler. The, the Dan Bungler. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, I think the punchline stuff was handled by dc and by editorial just better across the board Mm -hmm. as sad as that sounds yeah yeah and you mentioned like the rebirth era i honestly like don't feel like the rebirth era was like a time of a lot of like new character new ip generation maybe i'm sorely misremembering things that happened gotham girl (laughs) yeah right oh wow Uh but what I was going to say is I, I feel like one of the you're not wrong about that because I think so much of that era was attempting to. To sort of bring things back to a place where maybe you could then introduce new characters, right? Like it was it was it, it was returning. Certain it was supposed to be returning like certain groups back to prominence and characters back to prominence and all that. And so it made sense that you wouldn't be introducing a ton of new characters while you're also trying to, you know, get, get this, get the status quo in line. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, all of this is to say this is a weird story to end this uh, Wildstorm book on. Yeah, very weird. Yeah. Well, Vinzi, what's coming out next week? Um, next week being twelve six. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Batman one thirty, Batman and the Joker: The Deadly Duo number two, Batman Night Watch number four, Dark Crisis War Zone number one, Gotham City Year One number three, Monkey Prince number nine, Poison Ivy number seven, Sword of Azrael number five, and the Joker: The Man Who Stopped Laughing number three. Can you believe it? Can you believe you stopped laughing? I. Well, frankly, I, I'd have to read it to believe it, I think. <laughs> and we're not going to do that. No, we'll never do that. <laughs> uh, if you need to find two-thirds of us, we are still, as of this recording, on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs an App. And I'm at The Woke of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is uh, currently starting up a new Mastodon server, because that is clearly the future of social media. Oh, now I think it's Hive. You seen people talking about this Hive? I know. You, you hear about the Hive? You, you, you hear this? <laughs> Kevin? Wow, 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 Bill Clinton was fat. Hive as a social media platform sounds like a modern day DC universe story about like Hive, the, the villainous group trying oh, 100%, to like, yes. take over. Yes. Yep. Bunker that, goes viral on Hive. Yes. That is how <laughs> yes. they infiltrate the youth of the DC universe. They, they launch a new uh, social media app. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And, and and the three of us are writing it. Yep. It's uh it's the culling two electric boogaloo. <laughs> Alright, folks. Have a great night. Take care. Bye. Brought to you by manscaped.com. This podcast is. Uh, when when manscaping you are, uh, use the right tools for the job you must. Uh, balls will thank you, they will. <laughs> when 900 years old you reach, look as good, your balls will not. <laughs>